0: Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
1: The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free 1-800-610-7035. Email xzone at com On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzone Excuse me, Exxon Radio TV.com. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, that uh, in less than a week, the Halloween edition of the X Chronicles newspaper will be making its worldwide debut. All right, so much for trying to make it sound like Halloween. Uh, and if you'd like to get your copy, all you have to do is uh, just send an email to publisher at xchronicles-newspaper.com, or you can visit online to the many past issues that we have available for you. At www.xchronicles newspaper.com forward slash newspaperstand.htm. My guest this hour, XO Nation, is Star Donovan. She is the author of The Young Vampire Adventures, a series of books for ages eight and up. Now, Star was born in England and grew up in South Africa. She first wrote about Gappy, the young vampire, in a school essay when she was eleven years old. Starr moved to the United States and settled in upstate New York in 1984. Her education includes a Master of Social Work from the University at Albany. Now, as an adult in the 1990s, she would tell gappy stories to her two young daughters. Publication of the book series began in 2008 with approximately two numbers appearing each year. Starr lives in New York State with her husband, three cats, and a woodchuck in the backyard. Now listen to this explanation. Star never and I mean never ever kills spiders and she loves bats. She still reads children's books and often wishes real life were as interesting as the world of make believe. Her website is www.gappy.tv that's g a p p y.tv and joining me now is Star Donovan. and Star welcome to the X Zone.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me. Tell
1: me Star where did your interest in vampires and the paranormal come from?
2: Well, when I was little, I used to love vampire stories. And I I saw the Dracula movies and all the other vampire movies that were on, mm-hmm. and, um, including Stephen King's um, Salem's Lot. And I just had a thing for vampires. I don't know where it came from, uh-huh. but... Um, As you were saying in the introduction, I first wrote about Gappy when I was 11 for a school essay, and Mm -hmm. I had no idea what to write about. And I was stomping around the house and in a bad mood. And my mother was so sick of hearing me complaining that she (laughs) said, oh, why don't you write a story about a little vampire whose fangs won't grow or something like that and call him Gappy the Unhappy.
3: Gappy the Unhappy.
2: Thing as I was into vampires anyway, Uh that seemed like a good idea, and so I wrote the essay, and that's how Gappy got started.
1: Let me ask you this. Do you believe that vampires really do exist?
2: Well, some of my fans on Facebook apparently believe that, Mm -hmm. so who Uh, am I to say whether they're wrong or right?
1: But tell me, what do you believe?
2: Well, I would like to believe that they're real, Mm -hmm. but... um, Logically, I guess I sort of have to admit that they might not be.
1: So, so you've never woke up in the morning with two fang marks in the neck in your neck, well, unless it's from um, your husband, and, and you've never and you've never seen a person transpose into a bat.
2: No, unfortunately, I haven't. But I would love to be able to change into a bat and do flying and all the, the <laughs> neat things that vampires can do.
1: All right, please stand by, Star. You and I have to take our first commercial break for this hour. I know a couple of bats, <laughs> members of my family. Your mother s- maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it runs deep <laughs> in the family, believe me. Exonation. Nation, Star Donovan is our special guest. Here's the website, www.gappy.tv. That's gappy.tv. And we're going to be talking about... Young Vampire Adventures, this hour here in the X-Zone. After all, this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on our first network, network number 2, 2 until 6 a.m., and then network number 3, 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone. TV.com and for our podcasts, they're always free at www exxonepodcast.com donovan Starr and i come back to talk about vampires this hour here in the exxon did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or wi-fi you can still listen to the exxon radio show with rob mcconnell the science of magic with guilde wiaka x-1 dimension x Four zero one zero zero eight zero to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember two one three four zero one zero zero eight zero for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, twenty-four seven, three sixty-five. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Sense this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. And welcome back to The Exxon, everyone. Star Donovan is my special guest, www.gappy.tv. That's G-A-P-P-Y TV. And uh, for, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you talked to us about how you came to write about Gappy. Um, but why did you, you know, I understand Gappy was the unhappy, but why vampires? Not Why not a ghost?
2: Well, um... I guess I was more into vampires than ghosts. Oh, okay. I've seen Casper the Friendly Ghost, but Mm -hmm. it just didn't do it for me like the way Dracula did.
1: (laughs) Tell me, why do you think in today's society so many people are showing a greater interest in the paranormal than any other time except during war?
2: Well, I wouldn't know about the wartime because that seems an odd mix for paranormal and war activity, but... um, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's because it's uh, mystical, and people like to think that there's some sort of fantasy creatures out there, and they know they're not real, but they would probably, would probably be mm-hmm. interesting if they were. And um, there's all the vampire movies and everything, and the books that feed into it, and you've got the witches and the seances, and all the the other things that go with the occult. Mm -hmm. So I think it just makes life interesting for people if they have something like that that they can be interested in.
1: Now, why the association between the paranormal and uh, wars? We know this for a fact, that during wars, people want to to stay in touch with dearly departed. It was during a a world war that the Ouija board was invented. Uh, mysticism picks up during during the wartime because people want closure that they can't get because their dearly departed has died overseas and is buried in a grave somewhere else. And nine times out of ten, they never get to visit the grave. So I guess people are looking for closure. Now, there are six books about Gappy. What are they called yeah. and what are they about?
2: Well, they're... Um they're about a little boy. He's nine years old in mm-hmm. the first book. He gets older as the books progress, and he's a pretty serious boy. He's, he's not that good at school, but he doesn't get into trouble, and yeah. he's a, a sort of a loner. He has one best friend, Prudence Pottage, who's got red hair and freckles and is very feisty and sometimes gets irritated with him because he doesn't stand up against the bully at school, And one day his parents told him the shocking news that he's turning into a vampire like them. Now he didn't even know that his parents were vampires and he was just a normal kid up to this point until the day he fainted in art school, in art class, and had to go to the hospital and they found out he was anemic. And that night his parents have the big talk with him, which all vampire kids have to go through when they're about nine years old and they start changing and he's inherited the vampire gene and is turning into a vampire like his parents. And he's sworn to secrecy, he can't tell anyone. He thinks his parents are absolutely crazy, mm-hmm. but he sort of has to believe when they give him some more proof. And. So he's dying to be able to tell people at school about it and he has this big burden of the secret on him and he he doesn't know why people can't see that he's different at school because he's a completely different person now than he thought he was. But he manages to um, keep his mouth shut and keep it a secret until the time he runs into a bully in the first book, which is The Surprise for Gappy. And he finds himself using a vampire power that he didn't know he he even had yet. And he's not supposed to use his powers in public because he'll get in trouble with the vampire council. They're very strict about that sort of thing. Um, You can imagine vampires don't want to be discovered living Mm -hmm. amongst regular humans. They'd be put in labs and stuck with needles and things like that. Um, Book two is called Gappy Disappears and that's when he begins losing his reflection at school one day in the mirror and that could get very uh, difficult to deal with if somebody noticed. And he runs across um, a pair of thieves and he's able to use a new skill that he's developing to do with his disappearing reflection Mm -hmm. to save the day. And he also manages to maybe turn around the character of the bully that's always pestering him at school in the process. Um, book three is Gapu's Kidnapped. That's my favorite book. He gets to go to vampire camp, vampire summer camp, and learn how to do all the magic things that vampires get to develop as they grow older. And he uses one of his powers to help him escape when some people kidnap him in the middle of the night. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Book four is Gapping the Thieves, and that takes place at Oakwood Cemetery in Troy, New York, where Uncle Sam is buried, and I use the opportunity to just give the kids a little bit of information about Uncle Sam and what he did during the War of 1812, mm-hmm. and he finds some skull skullduggery going on in the graveyard. There's people walking around with flashlights in the middle of the night, and the kids go down a secret tunnel underneath the house that leads to the graveyard and they try and find out what's going on. But all this time, Gappy is coming across situations where he sort of has to use his vampire powers, but he can't let his friends see. So it's all about how he gets around that sort of thing. And of course, he gets captured and he escapes because he pretty much gets captured in every book.
3: Wow. And
1: of course, um, he can just turn himself into a bat and fly away. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know. Well, he's not that experienced yet. He can't Ooh. He can't do that until the book six, where he starts learning how to change into things when he goes back to summer camp. Um, Gappy's Great Escape is book five, and that's when he goes to Wales in the UK, where his great-great-grandfather came from. And he comes across some dubious characters who are up to something in a slate mine underground and he and his friends and his cousins go underground and of course they get captured and have to escape and uh, he uses one of his powers that he's just been developing for that and Gappy in the Witch's Curse is when he goes to Salem, Massachusetts and solves uh, an ancient problem that's been bothering the vampire community for a hundred years, and only he is able to find the answer. But in the process, he almost dies. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an evil vampire who's got it in for him, and it's a battle between good and evil, which is the central theme that runs through most of the books.
1: You know, I, I must tell you, I'm very intrigued that you say that vampires can be good role models for kids. Now, people usually don't think of vampires in that way. Certainly not suitable for younger children and preteens. teens mm-hmm. um, how, how do you explain that, you know, hey, listen, vampires are good role models for kids?
2: Well, they can be good role models if they're like Gappy because um, Gappy's just a nice kid, he's perfectly normal, he just has this big secret that he has to live with, and mm-hmm. he's got some magic to him as well. And um, he's a good role model to the 8 to 12-year-olds who read the books, because he's, he's adventurous, he's loyal to his friends, he's respectful to adults, he works hard to solve problems, he doesn't give up, he's a reluctant hero sometimes, but who manages to talk him into doing the right thing in the end. And he's a bit mischievous, and he takes risks, and he gets into danger, but he struggles through and doesn't let things get him down. And he also has to deal with being totally different in the world. There's a lot of children who feel like they don't fit in. And um, one of the fourth grade teachers that Um, of a school that I went to to talk to the kids about the books, Mm -hmm. she was very taken by the fact that Gappy was dealing with being different, and some of her kids in in the class could really relate to that. So in that way, my vampire can be a good role model to the children that read about him. Um, Mostly it's blood and guts, and that's for the older people, but for My books, they're Mm -hmm. completely age-appropriate, and so I think parents and even my priests approve of Gappy. And he's a Catholic, and they're not supposed to believe in vampires.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't think that your priest actually does believe in vampires, but what he does is he enjoys (laughs) the reading of the book. Which brings me to my next question. Do you think the market is oversaturated with vampire books these days, especially with the Twilight series and the vampire series current re- currently running on TV?
2: Well, I would say that it is saturated, but it is saturated for the older age groups. There's not really any vampire books or at least series out there that mm-hmm. are targeted for the age 8 to 12 age group. Um, and But that. The market is saturated, but you could also say, well, the ma- market's saturated for romance novel and sci-fi and crime fiction. And nobody says, oh, well, don't you think the market's saturated with romance novels? It's, if you're a romance lover or a sci-fi lover, mm-hmm. you're, you're glad that the market's oversaturated because then you'll never, re- you'll never run out of books to read, the, the, the things that interest you.
1: So, so tell me, what do you think about the Twilight series and what makes your books different?
2: Well, what makes my books different is because they're for a different age group. Um, The Twilight, I think, are for teenagers. But um, I honestly haven't seen any of the Twilight movies or read any of the Twilight books because I don't want to get any ideas that aren't my own. I just want my imagination to be a fresh canvas. And so I can't really answer how my books are different. Um, I think it was probably funny to think of a a vampire author that hasn't read Twilight, but um, that's me. I Mm -hmm. haven't.
1: (laughs) Okay. uh, You've got a master's, I believe in social work and um, how does your background and experience help you writing books for children?
2: Well, I was um, doing an internship in uh, middle school when Mm -hmm. I was taking my degree and I would sit in on some of the classrooms and observe the children's behavior. And there are a lot of children with emotional and mental issues. And I had occasion to sit in on some of the special ed reading classes. And I saw children that um, had issues of one kind or another and behavior problems and had never really picked up a book before and had difficulty reading because they were backward. And I saw them reading Harry Potter. All right. We're
1: going to hold you right here because we have to take our news break. Cliffhanger, Harry Potter, vampires, (laughs) witches, and much more. This hour here on The Excellent with my special guest, Star Donovan. Her website is www.gappy.tv. And Star and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. So whatever you do, don't bite someone in the neck unless you really mean it. We'll be back. Don't go away. sense. This product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back everyone. Star Donovan's my special guest to this hour, and we're talking to Star about The Young Vampire Adventures. Gappy is the young gentleman's name and her website is www.gappytv. That's www.gappy Dot .tv And I was wondering star if you can tell me uh, how reading about vampires can actually help literacy.
2: Well, as I was saying before the break, mm-hmm. um, I was observing a special ed reading class and the children were reading Harry Potter at the time and children who hadn't picked up a book in years were having problems reading at school and weren't very interested because of emotional or mental issues. Um, I actually saw them getting really excited about Harry Potter and they were engaged in the stories. They were interested. They were making huge efforts to read out loud and it was so great to see. Um, I love children's books Mm and i I have some favorite British authors and Harry Potter really resonated with me because I'm British and the way that the books are written is very British. And I remembered being really excited by books and the warm fuzzy feeling I got from from reading them and I wanted to um, impart that to children myself. So that also helped me um, get a move on and start writing for children and it was a help having the background and experience, too, that I had. And um, I made my, um, the first two books very simple, deliberately, for the younger end of the age spectrum for right. maybe seven to nine-year-olds uh-huh. um, with the reluctant reader in mind to get them interested in the character, but it wouldn't be too much of a burden to have to read the book. And then when they got a little bit interested in him, the second book is longer, and then the third book is about twice as long as that, and they get rapidly longer and more mature language and sentence structure as they go along. So I hope I'm doing my bit to um, encourage children to mm-hmm. read, and they can follow along with Gappy. and read older material as Gappy ages along with them.
1: Tell me, what is the hardest part about continuously writing a children's book? Uh, where do you get the ideas from?
2: Well, um, for books one and two, I knew pretty much how book one started, but I basically didn't have a clue what was going to happen after Gappy got the big news. And... But I have this kind of magic phenomenon. It's sort of like automatic writing that you hear from psychics. Mm-hmm. When I have a pencil in my hand and I start writing longhand, ideas just kind of flow through my pen, and I find my pen just writing down neat stories. And I'll, It's like I'm outside myself, and I'll look at the page, and I'll think, hey, that sounds good, or, ooh, I like that idea, and then once I get rolling, it's much easier to keep going. Um, I do get my ideas in weird places, sometimes when I'm in the shower in the morning, sometimes when I'm daydreaming, driving mm-hmm. down a particular stretch of road. Um, and also from, like, I was driving along one day past the graveyard by my house, and that's how I suddenly thought of the idea that Gappy could have an adventure in the graveyard. Um, I. Don't I, well, I didn't used to like writing outlines for books. I know that they tell you in school that you should do that. Um, but I found it very hard because I never knew what I wanted to write about ahead of time. But I actually got the idea for book three and mm-hmm. ahead of time of roughly where it was going to go in the end. And so I tried writing an outline. And before I knew it, the magic with my pen was working and the outline was rapidly becoming... Um, pretty much a, a big uh, synopsis for the what the book would turn out to be and I you know, I like that so much that um, it, I used it for books four and five and six as well. it's like a roadmap and it keeps you on track if you know oh, I have to write this section now and and then I write that section and um, but I do find that I often start writing, the middle of the book where the action is happening because I just can't wait to get to the exciting part and um, then once I've got that out of my system then I'm calmer and more able to write the beginning stuff that leads up to the exciting part.
1: So tell me Star, have you yourself ever had a paranormal experience? Do you believe in vampires? Do you believe in things that go bump in the night? Is Halloween one of your favorite times of the year?
2: (laughs) Well, Halloween is uh, pretty cool because you have the vampires and the the Mm trick-or-treating and it's all eerie at night and and, um, vapors coming out of people's mouths in the dark when they're going around trick-or-treating. But I have had a, a couple of really weird experiences happen to me while I was writing book six.
1: Share them with us.
2: Um, Well, in Book 6, I had been um, immersed in the Salem Witch Trials of 1692, and um, I'd been thinking about nothing else for the past month or two, because I was editing my book, and um, I went to a, a place called the Book Barn near my house, and I was looking for a a birthday present for a friend of mine who's a chemistry professor, and I thought it would be neat to get him an old-fashioned chemistry textbook. Right. So I asked the guy where to look for it, and he directed me to this bookcase, which was filled with um, really old textbooks bound in that sort of cloth binders, and they were all like muted red and brown and gray colors. And so I was looking at these textbooks from like 1940s to 1960, and suddenly this hardcover, white-covered book stands out um, among all the, the other darker colors of the old-fashioned books. Mm-hmm. And I pulled it down, and it was in The Devil's Snare by Mary Beth Norton, written in book 2002, and it was A History of the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. Mm. And what's the odds that somebody would have misfiled exactly the subject that I was writing about in amongst the old chemistry textbooks, which have nothing whatsoever to do with fiction? So Uh, that was one thing that happened to me.
1: I'll tell you something, that, that would freak me out.
2: Yeah, it really did. I told the bookstore guy about it, and
3: uh-huh.
2: he started telling me some long, involved story about something that happened to him, but I think he was just pulling my leg. It didn't sound very <laughs> credible.
3: Do <laughs>
2: um, you want to hear about the other thing that happened Oh, to me? oh yes,
1: please. Yes, please.
2: Well, um, I had been writing this um, scene at the end of book six, and I don't really want to do any spoilers, but um, it's about this um, person coming to life it 's an invisible person, and actually it 's a skeleton that that 's all there is and then suddenly, the veins start appearing, wrapping around the body, and then the the organs start appearing the heart and the lungs and things, and then the muscles start joining on to the organs and the the ligaments and the tendons come in, and then the the blood vessels are weaving all around and in and out. And then the skin comes and it starts creeping over the whole thing until it's eventually a fully grown man. Well, I had was taking a break from writing this scene and I came into the lounge and just flipped on the TV. Mm-hmm. And they were in the at the beginning stages of the movie called The Invisible Man. Oh, it, yeah. has Tom, it has Tom Hanks in it. Yes. And they were... In doing a scene where this big gorilla or some huge monkey was being injected, he was invisible and he was being injected with a serum that would make him visible. And as it traveled through his veins, the veins became apparent and then everything else started filling in, the organs and the muscles and the tendons and everything. And it was exactly what I had just been writing about. That is unreal. It was really creepy. I went and told my mother, and yeah. she's like, oh, I don't want to hear anymore.
1: Star, tell me what children are telling you about your books.
2: Well, the children that um, read my books absolutely love the characters. They can really relate to them, because they're normal children mm-hmm. who face bullies and get into trouble with their parents, but... They're also very honest and and good-hearted, and they're fiercely loyal to each other. And the kids basically tell me that they get the same warm, fuzzy feeling that I got when I was reading my um, children's books when I was younger. And that's a, a really nice thing to hear. And um, the children that I that read my book in the a uh, fourth grade classroom that I went and talked to, they had read the first book, and I went there and talked to them about my other books and read a chapter or two of the second book, and they were all so excited to to know that there was another other books that they could read about the character that they'd been interested in, and they just loved his adventures and the danger he gets into, and and I think children find it very satisfying when um, there's a hero. However unlikely he might be, who struggles against the odds and triumphs in the end, and the evil people get blown out.
1: Oh, what the heck is that? Out. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so tell, so tell me yeah. here, um, when you're when you're writing your book and the you know you, you read it to the children or or you know the children actually um, come and, come and see you or, or you go to the school and read them. What do the teachers say? What do the adults say that interact with children after reading your book?
2: Well, I have had some teachers tell me that they um, really saw an improvement in their children's Mm -hmm. interest level in reading because um, they were introduced to my characters and they read them in class, so it wasn't very hard to, it wasn't a burden on them to have to read the whole book by themselves and not interact with anyone while they were doing it. And um, they really liked it, and they've invited me back again. So I guess they, they were really happy with the, the effect that I had upon their children.
1: XO Nation, our special guest this hour, is Star Donovan. And we're talking about vampires, and, and Star Donovan has a series of books featuring this little vampire by the name of Gappy. Now, if you'd like more information on Star, her website is www.gappy.com. Dot net. That's www.gappy. I'm sorry, it's gappy.tv, not net. Gappy.tv. You've got six books out now. Are, are you still writing? Is Gappy going to turn into a teenager?
2: Yes, he is. Um, I'm act- I've actually just started book seven, which is actually book one of the teen vampire adventures. Mm-hmm. And Gappy is 13 now, and he's going to be having a lot more dangerous adventures, and he's also going to have some romance in there, too. Um, maybe with some characters from past books, that I'll leave it up to the readers to find that out. But he is going to be having some romance, and I think teenagers like to have a bit of that sort of thing.
1: Do you find do you ever suffer from writer's block, and if so, how do you get around it?
2: Um. Well, I suffer from the anticipation of writing and thinking that I'm not going to know what to write about. Oh. But then when I make myself write, my, the magic thing happens with my pen, and also it's translated itself to the keyboard as well, which is very handy. Um, I, I do get inspired to write in bright sunlight, so I guess I not really related to vampire. Mm. But um, oftentimes when I'm driving home on a sunny day, I go past a big park by my house, and they've got a big parking lot that faces a lake and some tennis courts. And I'll often pull into the parking lot and write longhand in my car until it's too dark to see anymore. And that's one of my favorite places to write. Um,
1: In a dark car?
2: Yeah. (laughs) The other favorite places are um, Starbucks and... Panera and little coffee shops and just something about the atmosphere and the ambiance. If I can't get the sunlight, the smell of coffee seems to do the same thing.
1: You've got to love those coffee shops and what they can do for you. (laughs) All right, six books published, one on the way. We know that Gappy is going to find love in all the right places. Um, What's going to happen with Gappy's parents? Are they going to be involved in Gappy's future as well?
2: Well, I think his parents will always be involved because at the end of each book, they have to deal with the fact that their kid has got into trouble yet mm-hmm. again. Oh no! Um, they they can get really cross with him sometimes because he just goes willy nilly into danger without sort of um, considering the consequences. But he's they're also proud of him because he usually tries to do the good thing and save other people and help people and, and uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think Gappy's parents are going to be around.
1: All right, Star, um, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation, okay. Star Donovan is our special guest. She's the lady behind the Young Vampire Adventure series. So far, a series of six novels about a young vampire. Her website, www.gappy.tv. That's gappy.tv. And uh, Star and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. So whatever you do, don't go away. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back.
0: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network. Broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media,
4: With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good To Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud? Or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True...
1: this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. ExoNation, uh, Star Donovan is my special guest of this hour. Her website is www.gappy.tv. She is the author of a group of books centered around this young vampire who constantly gets himself into trouble. Mind you, he always gets out of trouble and uh, she is working on book number seven right now. Her website, once again, is www.gappy.tv. Tell me, uh, Gappy just doesn't exist in your books, does he? Tell me where else he exists.
2: Well, he has a YouTube channel where you can see um, illustrations from his books set to his really cool theme music. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also see a very pretty young lady by the name of Bryony Allen who narrates book one, the whole of book one you can see on YouTube. He's also on Facebook. He has close to 6,000 Facebook fans who he talks to in real time and advises them on different things and answers questions and just chats about school and things like that. Um, That's at facebook.com slash GappyTheVampire. He um, is also coming out one day soon with a Gappy song. I'm currently looking for
1: a. Whoops, we don't know what happened there, but apparently we just lost our guest. And uh, Craig, can you? Do... Oh, it's too late. All right, our guest of this hour, Exo Nation, has been Star Donovan. www.gappy.tv. That's www.gappy. Dot TV vampires here's the question for you exonation do you believe or are you a skeptic do you really think that vampires do exist send me an email exon at com. that's exon at dot com. once again we don't know what happened our line dropped with uh, star i hope she's all right i hope nobody kind of slapped the phone out of her hand and gave her a big bite on the neck. But you never know, because this is the X-Zone. Let's see, uh, tonight is the final debate between President Bush and Governor Romney. This should be, um, Romney? 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 Did I say Romby? Oh, that was my old uh, baseball coach. Romney. And, um... It's going to be a very interesting hour, Exonation. So uh, we've asked the psychics that have appeared on the Exxon to give us their predictions. Now, what has happened that has really, really amazed me is that um, none of the psychics think the same way. Fifty of the fifty percent say President Obama. Fifty percent say Mitt Romney. It's going to be interesting to see who's winning or who wins, and uh, we're going to have the psychics joining us a couple of days after the election to explain what they did right or what they did wrong. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at 6.5 minutes past the hour as The Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, that email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. Oh, the X Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Vampires, witches, ghosts, and goblins. Couple more days to Halloweeny. I'll be back, Dunk Away.